whatever initial money that you're making unless it was like required to supplement your main income because like you weren't making enough like you should reinvest into automation and then like a virtual assistant for very minor tasks my name is Dimitri and I'm a productivity and systems enthusiast. I'm Chance. I'm a philosophy and self-development enthusiast. And you're listening to the Rise Productive Podcast. The show where productivity meets business. And what it means to build better systems. Enjoy the show. If you're listening to this, you are not on our private subscriber feed and you will only be hearing a portion of this episode. If you'd like to listen to the full length episode, you'll need to go to riseproductive.com membership or sign up on your favorite podcasting app for exclusive access. From there, you'll also get access to our exclusive newsletter, the weekly pour over, our private members only Discord community, and any other subscriber only content. So if you enjoy what we are doing here, please consider becoming a member. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Rise Bricket Podcast. In today's episode, we have Francis, aka The Notion Bar. How are you doing, Francis? <laughs> I'm great, excited to be here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, Francis is a Notion ambassador, and that's how we connected. And I feel like a great place to start will be giving everyone a little bit of background on you, what you do, and how you got to where that was the case. Sure. Yeah. So my name is Francis Adara Matthews. I'm based in the UK. I'm a Notion ambassador and certified Notion consultant. I've been a certified Notion consultant for, or like I've been Notion consulting for three years, literally since the beginning of the pandemic. I have a background in events, operations, project management, e-commerce, UX, creative agencies, the whole, I've been all over the place, um, but I've always just watched looped all those jobs together is that I've always been the one to make some kind of like system Mm. so I've been like a system designer design thinker like since I was 16 basically my first ever job was working at a bowling alley as a children's party host and you had to you'd have to juggle like five birthday parties at a time it was mayhem so you you had to have a system otherwise you would crumble that's (laughs) that's how I started out (laughs) um (laughs) yeah it's been then but yeah i really started the notion bar um at the beginning of the pandemic i was working at a shopify agency as a project manager and i was like i don't know i'm a bit bored i'm kind of good at this notion thing (laughs) um maybe people will pay me suck myself on fiverr turns out there was like huge demand and then i was like oh there's this whole notion community and then as I dug into it more a bit more, I was like, oh, everything's a bit productivity, bro. Like, I don't really relate yeah. to any of the content out there. Everyone's just making habit trackers and <laughs> second brains. And I'm like, I don't really care about that. I just want to design <laughs> cool tools and dashboards. And, and so that's when I really created the Notion Bar. I wanted to show that Notion isn't just a productivity tool. It's a possibility tool. And you can, like, literally just build anything you want. So I started making a lot of culture-based pro- um, projects and templates. Like my zine template went kind of viral because people were like, whoa, you can make Notion aesthetic. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, yeah. And so I started infusing a lot of pop culture and just design and user experience into my builds and templates and made the name for myself that way. 
as well as just kind of being complete opposite to the aesthetic that was out there. So I'm very colorful. Yeah. A lot of the notion stuff is very like black and white and people are like, oh, that's cool. Like also you're like, you're a black girl. And so it's like, oh, cool. And so I do attract a lot of like, um, I'd, I'd say non-tech majority audiences. So okay. people of color, people from people part of the LGBTQ community, like they all kind of come to me as sort of the non-productivity bro alternative. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. <laughs> oh, that, that exists. No, you're not wrong. <laughs> so yeah, it's been fun. It's been a fun journey. <laughs> That's awesome. I uh, I definitely did notice like when I first saw. I think I saw your website at least two years ago. At this point, you've cause, uh, yeah because oh, you've been using super. You've been using super for a while. Yeah, yeah, been using super, and I always laugh when people bring out my website because it's a mess. <laughs> it's not your fault as much as it is super's fault. Um, you're probably going to go into that point where you eventually go like, eh, what's another option? Like, no offense. It's a great platform. It's a great start. Yeah. 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 It's, it's part that and part, I just, I just haven't really put that much love into it. Cause I haven't had the time no. in, like, in between clients and like life. People are like your website's like not the best flow. And I'm like, I know I'll get to it at some point, <laughs> <laughs> but just email me. <laughs> So I guess to give everyone the full picture, are you doing um, consulting and templates and that's it? You don't really make much content? Like, I know you post on Twitter a fair amount, but... Yeah, I'm kind of trying to get into the content thing a bit more. Um, because I have a course to promote now. Mm. <laughs> a course and a course and a newsletter to promote, to promote now. The course is MySpace themed. That's and awesome. it teaches... Thank you. So it teaches you notion through the lens of like design thinking and creativity. And so it's, and like the end product is a MySpace style profile page, okay. which a lot of people just to help you like practice the blocks and the skills that you've learned. And a lot of people using it as their portfolios now, actually, which is cool to see. Um, and then my newsletter, which is the love of my life. <laughs> it's called called the notion zeitgeist i do a weekly roundup of just what's new in the notion community and cool sort of off the beaten path notion inspiration slash builds that are happening and then i also just general what i like to call pro funtivity um which (laughs) (laughs) and like culture slash tech random things that you should maybe peek at <laughs> that, that sounds uh that sounds like a cool newsletter i uh think a lot of people struggle Thanks. to find like their own um their own voice and tone but you definitely like have like a, a cohesive across the board like definitely a different vibe than productivity bro notion fanboys so i do appreciate it um because like immediately when i saw your website i was like okay so this person's very notion in in the sense that that's all you're doing but i'm not sure if i yeah. could have told that like been been able to figure that out just from like if i just looked at vibes on everything that you were doing yeah yeah it's it's really interesting because a lot of people are like how do i niche down i'm like well you can kind of niche down in two ways and this goes for like whatever business yeah. you're doing you can niche down in the services that you do or you can niche down in your general vibe that you 
give out and so I tend to only really attract a certain kind of people which is great for me because they're the people I want to work with anyways (laughs) (laughs) and it's probably like it it probably gives you a different advantage too because of the fact that other people aren't doing that because I can't tell you how many like I'll just say it how it is. How many Easlo copies have popped up on Twitter? Oh yeah, the Easlo fanboys. Yep. It's like everyone <laughs> just like, all right, I'll make a black and white logo. I'll make black and white template the cover images, and then like they actually they keep selling. I'm surprised that like the market is like hasn't run out, you know, of extra people. Yeah, I mean it is. It is a formula that works. I yeah. I, I have I have mixed feelings about what the notion community has become in that sense um like get your money but also it just uh, it just feels like the growth the endless growth acts it just feels now it's overdone to the point where it just feels a bit like icky like in my opinion like i just don't really want to go near it to be honest (laughs) that's totally fair i mean uh when you're building your business what's like uh, I guess the main goal and focus is it uh, the enjoyment of what you're doing mixed in with like making money that makes sense or because like for a lot of people it literally is just hey yeah this is this thing that ends up making me x amount of money I'm just gonna do it yeah and again it can it completely depends on what you want your business to be like do you want just a churner fast fast buck money maker where there will be there will be copycats. It's a formula that works. It might get you a quick buck now, but then it's like where where do you go after that? You're not necessarily building much of a. There's not a lot of like. Yeah, it depends. Like, do you want to prioritize income or do you want to prioritize like long longevity in like your brand and like that's kind of what I'm focusing on I've gone down like I think people call it the the hundred true fans route or like the yeah. thousand true mm-hmm. track fans route where I'm so aggressively authentic in in my voice that the people who follow me like I'm probably not going to go like viral viral because I'm not I won't be for everyone and but yeah. that's fine so I don't want to be for everyone I want to the people who follow me to like genuinely genuinely love the work that I do and it's been great to see that like yeah I've slowly built up a decent amount of followers on Twitter but it's like every single one of those people is like yeah we love the stuff that you do and I don't I don't really think I ever want like tens of thousands of followers that seems like a lot of a lot of work and stress to be honest <laughs> like every time you tweet something out there you've got like 50 people to reply to no thank you i've already kind of hit my plateau of like i think this might be too i might have too many followers need to be more controversial <laughs> that's totally fair i think it's definitely a different route that like everyone wants to go i know for me i uh like part of the goal is growth but at the same time like i try to be as authentic as possible and that it it, like really helps to to remember like because like people people want all these followers because of like honestly probably they think oh if i get one percent conversion rate on this thing for like a hundred thousand people it'll be great but i'm like yeah but if you have like 20% 20% conversion rate on like a thousand people. It's pretty good too. I'm like, that's, that's the same, it's the same math. 
literally <laughs> just less people to reply to. Yeah. <laughs> it stresses it does stress me out a little bit as like the the YouTube channel for me gets bigger that like more people see my eyeballs but or uh, more eyeballs are like seeing me but then the whole time I've just been like blatantly uh authentic I, I like to be like the, yeah. the grinch of productivity where i just like kind of i'll say whatever i feel about apps and like kind of rip into into things and then the the whole point is like it's a it's a little bit of satire on the community because the community exactly. gets too passionate about these things when it's just <laughs> pixels on a screen and like organizing oh gosh, yourself yeah. <laughs> literally yeah like do you know how many times i go back to pen and paper lists like you know, you can have all the fancy systems in the world. You're still going to be like scratching stuff off the list. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm just curious. Then, speaking of uh, jumping on and off the uh, the wagon of using these tools, sometimes, what's been like the biggest challenge? I guess that you've you found building this business. Uh, you're three years in, which a lot of people uh, can't say that they've even like made the effort for three years, like to get it to be the thing so i'm curious like what's been the biggest challenge so far um well as of yesterday i finally <laughs> clean i finally have a proper notion workspace oh that's so funny <laughs> yeah the consultant doesn't have it if only people knew. um like so my cl my client portals are always so beautifully presented i'd always like started something and like it was sort of half built kind of all over the place my templates had no organization and because i think it's similar vibe to when chefs hate cooking at home or just like yeah. don't want to so after i built all these like beautiful systems for clients i think i'm on like over 150 now it's just like you your, your brain just kind of taps out and i'm like i literally cannot <laughs> like bring myself to do this for myself right now but i've had a bit of downtime um I'm in, I'm, in, I'm in the middle of a big project at the moment. I'm sort of just waiting for stuff to come to me. So I was like, now is the time. Now is the time you build an ocean workspace. Um, so yeah, organizing myself has been the biggest struggle. But oh my gosh, I kind of get the feeling now. Um, so when I work with my clients, they've, they're almost like, oh my gosh, You've just taken a huge weight off my shoulders. This just feels organized and like it makes sense and like you can just go in and do the thing. But I never really understood that feeling until I did it for myself. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is cool. I'm not just it's not just a bunch of random loose pages everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the notion consultants need to get together and like do a project for each other each so that we can like because oh, I'm, I'm sure this is not you're not the only person i am I, it, before i like made a template that fit my like needs and then like basically just like throw all my stuff in it organizationally it was the same way i was like jesus christ I was like this is getting this is getting out of hand <laughs> literally <laughs> yeah you kind of get to a point where you're like i can't live like this like this is driving me and then outside of the the notion side of it, just like straight up building uh, the business, and uh, I don't know, like mm -hmm. there's there's so many different things that people struggle with when building a business. I'm curious, like outside of the notion space, what what's been? Um, uh, 
just understanding thing, things so it's just figuring out like pricing and yeah you know, and realizing like just learning a lot from bad deals that you get yourself into and so the money side of things has been interesting like i started out pricing my stuff way too low but i don't really regret it to be honest um i was on fiverr i basically got paid to learn <laughs> so yeah, yeah. it was all right um that yeah just figuring out business things like taxes and just annoying stuff like that but now i I've, now i've definitely gotten into a rhythm and i'm like okay cool i do this at the end of each month i did like i just submit the thing to the accountant and they yeah. sort it out like it's like cool okay <laughs> there's so much ins and there's so many uh little transactions coming in and out that uh you have to categorize and that's one of the most underrated things of being in your own business yeah yeah um like i just kind of set a day aside each month where i do all my financial reconciliation for the month and like clear out things like my desktop <laughs> um I guess uh, outside of that, what are you looking for when you're trying to, I know you said you've built a community of people that are like a specific, you know, type, but what, what necessarily are you looking for in a client? If you have, do you have any um, really great client projects you've worked on or maybe some, you know, unfortunate ones? I think every consultant in any capacity has had like a problem child client. Oh, I've been lucky where I haven't really Good. had God. any... <laughs> like oh my gosh i'm never working with you again um everyone's been i think it's going to attract quite a specific type of like laid laid back chill people everyone i work with is relatively low maintenance to be honest (laughs) um but i but in general I think the people who do find me, they are quite intentional with their processes mm-hmm. and design and they value building sustainable workflows. Like they don't try and throw everything into the kitchen sink. They're more prioritizing like, what can I take out of here? So one of my most popular packages, which are just my coaching calls, you can just book an hour. Mm-hmm up to like up to three hours with me or just do whatever you want to do on that call um it's people bringing me really complicated templates that they've downloaded which are just heavily over engineered and they're like this is this is too much like i'm not i can't track every single thing in my life like how do we strip this back so it's kind of like therapy sometimes as well because i have you have to really dig into well what matters to you yeah (laughs) and and like and that's what we end up building i like one-on-one calls too i feel like they uh for like the one-off situations they're kind of nice in the sense they don't have the project stress but you're able to get the gratification of helping them right away yeah exactly exactly and to be fair those are a lead for a lot of my like bigger projects to be fair so we'll start out on like just to see what we can get done in three hours but if it's just like a whole thing i'm like yeah i should probably just make this a project 
yeah 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 and i think a lot of people don't know what they want so i think that's a good uh starting point for for that yeah for sure what are your uh thoughts on the um i, I think you alluded to this probably before the call then uh what are your thoughts on the the state of notion as it is from from the standpoint that most people think about it uh in synonymous with the term second brain and uh mm -hmm. i guess I'm just curious, like where, what you think about notion versus other people, it seems to be a, a, a decently unique view on the way that you use it. Yes. I think notion is just a great way to present information. Um, yeah. web, like at the end of the day, it's a blank digital canvas. So my newsletter, my paid subscribers, I do weekly like notion flips where i will turn like research or insights or articles into zine layouts and i'll make like notion dashboards with them so like last week i made i flipped 31 vegan rec lunch recipes into this really colorful notion like repository awesome. i guess so i just love building cool stuff and i think that's is at the end of the day notion is just blocks yeah is, it's just blocks and a cool way to share info last week in my newsletter i was so excited and so i'm half nigerian and um, there was a Nigerian spoken word artist who'd made a launch page for mm -hmm. her poetry album on Notion. So she did like behind the scenes, like thoughts on each like track on the album and like embedded stuff in there. And there was like a little intro video. And I was like, yes, this <laughs> is what Notion should be used for. And I was just so excited because I'd, when I first started out, I was like, this would be a great thing for like artists to use when they yeah. launch albums and stuff. And so to see someone actually like do it like two years later, I was like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, that's really true. I think, uh, uh, what are your thoughts on, I feel like there's a missed opportunity for sort of, I don't want to say beauty, but yeah, like with using Notion systems, because uh, I, I think the general sentiment is like, this is a productivity thing. And I liked what you said at the beginning of the call that was like a possibility tool rather than a productivity tool. Yeah, yeah, like it, it can be used for productivity, but it really just is digital blocks on a blank digital page so you can create if you think about Notion as you're creating digital experiences rather than uh, yeah. you're creating like a productivity thing, and then I think that will really help to unlock a lot of the possibilities for it. Like I always advise people who are new to Notion is just get comfy with the blocks. Like mm. get comfy with the different blocks that you have available to you. And then the next time you think like, oh, I need to build this in Notion and be like, okay, well, what blocks would help me best achieve that in the yeah. best way? Yeah, that's definitely something that a lot of people uh, do struggle with. And like when you have like the new learners, it is a little bit overwhelming. So uh -huh. I feel like the approach that you have to it helps a little bit with those people because... When someone's going into it with the mindset of i need to be productive using a tool there's such a learning curve and if their goal is productivity rather than like enjoyment of a system then they 
they get caught up in like how long it's going to take. And some of those people end up just giving up. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I really kind of hope to change with like my course, which isn't really productivity focused at all. Like you do learn the tools that could help you build productive systems, like how to connect databases together and use mm -hmm. rollups and relations and stuff. But it's you're not using them in a sense which is like we need to build a system that optimizes everything. It's more just fun and actually when you learn things through play you retain the information better like think about when we were children right yeah. all of those nursery rhymes and songs like how did we learn the alphabet it was the alphabet song like <laughs> we're learning things through play we it sticks with us way better and the recall is better for situations which are a bit more serious i guess <laughs> That's a really, no, I really like that because um, I try to instill some humor into my content. I feel like maybe that's helping more than I give it credit for. And this this is like, this is making me rethink a little bit of the way that maybe I'll present some stuff moving forward. And I pre, yeah, no, I like this. I like this uh, point of view for, for sure. Yeah. It, it's like when I was... I think about this often. I'm, uh, I'm a, I mean, similar to the productivity bros. I was a former like college athlete and everything. So I'm a bit of a jock and I retain way too much sports information, but I mm -hmm. don't retain a lot of this other stuff that, you know, is supposedly <laughs> important unless you're like into the learning of the thing. It's really hard to. So I'm curious then how you got started in using notion in general. And yeah. was was a productivity did a productivity bro Chad like Thomas Frank introduce it to you in two thousand and eighteen vaguely? Um, <laughs> no, um, so so I used to live. I went to college in America, and so I worked in DC for a, a year. Is it is your? I feel like I saw an NYU sweatshirt. Or am I reading that wrong? Oh right, oh, Kenyon no, Kenta College. Oh, Kenyon College. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, so the yeah, end of the Y. All right. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, it's Ohio, tiny little liberal arts school. Nice. <laughs> um, but so I did my college in the US and you get to work for a year. So I was in DC living with my aunt. And while I was there, I ended up working ops for a UX agency. Oh. And I hadn't heard of UX, but anyways, that's a story for another day. <laughs> um, so I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. I, I create experiences. Um, so anyways, I was, at the time, I was a Google Docs, Google Sheets queen, just like yeah. to, to organize everything. And then one day my boss was like, typical, like creative agency owner you know they all kind of they hype each other up about like the latest like we're using this tool now we're using that <laughs> tool and he was like my buddies are using notion like it's your job to learn notion so i was like okay i guess <laughs> and i was like oh this is kind of cool and i don't remember whose videos i watched i just went down a youtube rabbit hole and i was like oh this is kind of cool i guess and then the rest is history <laughs> that's a that's an interesting uh starting point i feel like most people end up like having some touch point on the internet with like how i there was everyone made a at one point that made productivity content made a how i organize my life with notion video yeah, notion. including me because oh, i was that guy and that. It, it was like it was just such a it was such a trope 
at some point like it stopped happening and then it turned into creating a second brain in notion and how i created my second brain in notion that was like the next trend mm, yeah yeah we, we love a good buzzword don't we it's just just like and then yeah right now the buzzword i feel like is how i use chat chat gbt to like da, 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 da. here are 200 prompts for you to and it's like okay <laughs> Yeah, Twitter is flooded with the, the prompts uh, templates, and I wonder what percentage of those are repurposed slash, you know, taken Stolen. from other people. Literally, literally. Or you just get ChatGPT or Notion AI or whatever to write them for you and just stick them in a database. So how many years out of uni were you before... I'm trying to be uh, cognizant of who's on the call. How many years of post-uni yeah. were you... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Decently cultured. All right. How many years post uni then did you work at a day job before you switched to doing the Notion Bar? Full -time? Um, one, two, three years, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. Mm -hmm. That's when I, I was, wait, I graduated in 2018, mm. started Notion Consulting in 2020 went full time in 2021 so okay. um yeah like three years. three years it's a good yeah uh, it's a good starting point it's it's i feel like people don't really it's everyone's got a different timeline for when they want to start what sort of gave you the indication that all right i'm gonna stop doing i don't want to say real work but you know, <laughs> day job work it's really crazy to me that Rise Productive is almost at its three-year anniversary. Over the years, we've shared with you so much free content on how to improve your efficiencies, operations, and intentionality across multiple content platforms. Between the podcast, newsletter, and YouTube channel, we try to give you as much free value as possible. All that we ask in return for all this free knowledge sharing is that you give us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform so that more entrepreneurs and those seeking more efficiency in their lives can find our content. These podcast reviews increase our rankings and help us reach more people who just like you just want to get more efficient. Thanks in advance. And now let's get back to the show. Yeah, uh, I mean, I will disclaimer this. We were chatting about this before. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm open to getting another yeah. day job. Like, if it's something that I enjoy and the pay is good, um, yeah, like I'd love to get into like product management because I've realized I am good at that. <laughs> like, building out product features and stuff. I do it every single day. Um, <laughs> but I, what was I? What was the original question? Uh, like, what what made you realize that you're like you're willing to take uh, the leap to <clears throat> to switch to work for yourself only? Yes. So I just didn't like my day job anymore. Like, yeah. I like I wasn't enjoying it. Um, I think I had reached a point where after I I started, I was probably like a year or so deep into the notion thing, and I realized. I, something that I loved from all my old jobs was that somehow I was the person who came up with the system and was iterating on the system. But what I don't enjoy is doing the day-to-day -day of the system. So yeah. once I'm designed, like I, once I'm like designed this beautiful thing that's worked, I don't want to be the person who's chasing clients up every day. And that's what I was doing. 
And so I was like, I need to change. This notion thing is kind of taking off. Let me go do that. <laughs> so, yeah. And then I feel like this is always a funny thing. For the U.S. people, I'm we have to deal with insurance. So that's a whole thing, like when we leave. Uh, uh, but yeah. you're in the U.K., which is nice. I've always, I've sort of, always sort of envied the that that slight change because I think your tax brackets are only like marginally worse, but you have healthcare um so it's like it just kind of sorts that situation but anyways um there's a yeah now the reason i ask is because a lot of people just they don't know when they want to switch and if that's if that's what makes sense for you everyone's got a different like what makes sense for me point and uh i'm curious what your thoughts are then are on because so i graduated from 2020 or in 2020 from college for context so some same generation i'm curious what your thoughts are on sort of our generation of being like, you know, I don't like my job. I don't have to stay here. <laughs> like it's, it's a definite, it's a definite change from previous generations I've noticed. Yeah. And to be honest, I think as well, because like for the most part, life is just more expensive now. Mm. Um, people are more, more motivated to be like, well, if this isn't paying me this, I can, if I can go over there and get more money, then like, yeah, why wouldn't I? <laughs> or if I, if I could go do that and get more money, then why wouldn't I? Like our parents could buy a house and have like four kids if they wanted to with like not that much money, but it, it is just not the case for our generation just life is expensive and so we have to like optimize where we're working to be honest <laughs> in my opinion it's true and then a lot of people have side hustles like you were it yours start yeah. yeah it's like you were having a double income there for a while yeah there was no other way <laughs> like really um i still have multiple streams of income within my notion business like i don't i just don't think it's it's very difficult to get by on like one source of income these days but yeah and then when there's like headwinds that come up in the industry and like you know maybe you get laid off because your mm -hmm. company had a bad quarter it's like if i don't have any sort of backup plan like this is just not not it literally literally and yeah i i am on top of that i think our generation is just somewhat a lot more clued up clued up around just like mental health <laughs> and like you don't have to stay somewhere if like you don't like it and i think that's fine you know like life is too short to be broke and unhappy you know <laughs> like, that's true like bigger well, struggle yeah that's fair like if you're gonna if you're gonna dislike your work um and be yeah and and not be compensated at the same time i feel like that's just a, that's just something that you don't necessarily have to deal with anymore do you think that like we uh, we also have more I think the globalization has been really helpful for like hmm. uh, job opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. Like a lot more people will try and get a job abroad. A lot, a lot of people are doing like the Dubai thing at the moment. I've realized yeah. a lot of people, I mean, I don't blame them. Like I really don't tax free. <laughs> Need to get me some clients out in the UAE. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah it's just 
yeah, life is hard, but <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> no, you're okay. Um, I definitely, I, I definitely uh, have found that a lot of people that end up working in the notion space, regardless of how productivity bro chad they are, I think there's definitely like an intentionality wave that's existed in in this generation slash people who use these sort of online tools in general. I'm curious how then you sort of bring that intentionality into your own life to, to have a work-life balance. I know when you run a business, it's hard to have one, but. Yeah, so I make sure that I schedule in time, like time for fun. Like I love yeah. live music. That is my thing. So if buying like ticketed things where I literally cannot look at my phone or like I'm looking at something else I'm around other people it really kind of just helps me break away from my laptop because otherwise especially I live alone I work from home if I'm at home I don't really have a reason to not be working (laughs) yeah it gets into that. You get into that habit pretty quickly when I feel like you you probably you enjoy what you're doing with the Notion Bar. So it's like yeah. there's always something that you can be doing and always something. Something about I mean, granted, a nice Netflix binge never hurts anybody, but it does feel a little bit like okay, but I should I be? I could be. You know, you you just like, oh, always I, question I, it. I do both. I do both. So I'll uh, do work and then I'll watch. I have Netflix going on in the background. <laughs> Yeah. I appreciate that as, as somebody who's like the majority of his work is real behind being on being on camera it's a little bit different for me I always find perspectives of other online entrepreneurs you know unique because I, I post on YouTube like every day so that takes a fair amount of like Oof. yeah uh, camera time. It, it, that's so impressive <laughs> by the way like, I I I've been scared of YouTube so that is a huge achievement <laughs> I, I think everyone's got their own unique advantage, right? I think yours is is like your tone of voice and like your your the way that you're looking at Notion. Mine is that I like talking and like I was like, all right. So what was the thing? You, a funny way to find your unique advantage, in my opinion, is like think about stuff you were made fun of for and like when you're like eight by like dumb mm. kids and you're like, all right, double down on that. And that's so true <laughs> that's so true love that because you know a lot about yourself you know very little about yourself as a child but you know a lot about yourself uh based on how dumb kids treated you mm-hmm. yeah true 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 that yeah for, for me i was i've always been sort of a cross-cultural person like my family is mixed west african i grew up in a very white area in mm-hmm. the uk and so i would i'd get excited about all these things i'd bring in like mixtapes and stuff to play or like on a friday we'd take it in turns to bring in music or whatever on the cd player when those Hell existed yeah. <laughs> um, and kids are like what is this but now i'm like very proud of my very mishmashed spotify library which is organized into folders and it's great (laughs) yeah and i I think probably at the time it maybe felt made you feel like a little like oh i'm uh, i'm different but different as a kid is often 
critiqued or criticized. But then when you get to, to, to adulthood, most like mature individuals and especially those that are like, um, could be clients or could be, um, fans end up like then being drawn to you because they're that kind yeah. of different. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, yeah. cu- I'm curious, by the way, what was your ex- uh, experience like going to college in the U S um, Oh, I loved it. Oh my gosh. I had the most, well, technically three and a half. I did a study abroad semester in Spain, but um, it was the most fun three and a half years of my life. So I went to school in Kenyon College, which is in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, like 1700 students. But I, a lot of my close friends were international students oh. and we just had the best time like going out the music was always good the food was always good just i think i realized i thrive that's when i really really realized i thrive when i'm around people from like everywhere mm. and like i love learning about different cultures and different ways of life and really i really thrived in that environment, I would say. Um, I also think Americans on the most part are a lot more friendly than UK people. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Like they'll just strike, (laughs) you'll be out somewhere and they'll just strike up a conversation with you. Hmm. And like you'd go out and then all of a sudden you were at a house party of someone who like you like you didn't even know like you just met them when you're out with some friends and like oh yeah we're having a party come back to ours and you're like okay i guess we're going to a house party like that would never ever happen in the uk like people are a lot more in their like bubbles i would say well you were in uh whereabouts in ohio um gambia so it's like an hour outside of columbus way so it's like central central Uh Yeah, my yeah. One of my some of my best friends from college. So I went to Loyola, which is in Chicago, oh, and I'm from cool. Chicago. Yeah. Um, it would have been your senior year when we went to the Final Four, go Ramblers, uh, for, okay. for basketball. Yeah, like we we um, I you know I have a lot of friends from that area. I visited that not that specific area, but like Columbus, uh, mm-hmm. adjacent uh, uh, Cleveland. I have friends from Cleveland. Yeah. And yeah, I don't, I generally think the Midwest is pretty nice, uh, for the most part. And we have, we have good food. We just have bad weather. I mean, Chicago is terrible. Um, I, I, I was, I was in Chicago and it was spring break. So February, me and my friend went on because Kenyan spring break is like two weeks. So we we just went city hopping, Chicago, Cleveland, Philadelphia, Boston. We 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 did the lot. The lot. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, Chicago is a very cold place. Um, (laughs) I was like, I don't like this. summertime shy is great uh the rest of the year is like so it turned 70 for the first time in months and uh everyone was out it was just hilarious because it's been you know like 20 degrees and then two days later it was uh 35 it snowed oh yeah that's what that's what we got to deal with over here oh gosh but at least summers are consistent 
That's oh. what we don't have in the UK. We don't really have a proper summer here. So. <laughs> yeah, I I have a lot of uh, on online creator friends that are from the UK, and that's like the the consistent thing I've always heard is like it's like not atrocious all ever, but like it's not great right. ever. Yeah, it's just very mediocre, very mid, just very <laughs> aggressively mid weather. <laughs> I guess then. Since you went to college in the States and, and now you're back, do you have any sort of like uh, community that you you're able to surround yourself with that like made you thrive in uni in a similar sense uh, out there now? Yeah. So I'm part of a business group called uh, Babes, and, Babes and Waves, which is sort of female non-binary entrepreneurs all at different stages of their business. We have this big group chat in Slack and it's nice because it, it, whereas a lot of the other like business groups I've like I've spoken at a lot of them and it feels like everyone very much has their like ish together and like they come very like polished and like this is what I'm doing da -da -da -da. I just raised this da -da -da. whereas in this group like it's very normal to post is everyone like, is anyone else having like a breakdown today? <laughs> <laughs> and again, everyone's from all over the world, different backgrounds in like, it's just, it's a vibe we have in um, real life, like in life, in real life, IRL events IRL, as yeah. well. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's definitely, definitely a vibe. That's really nice because the biggest thing that people don't know when they're going to start their own business unless they have like employees, you know, like buy them and they're, you know, like, and they get along well is it's lonely. It's so lonely. That's my so one lonely. thing about, you know, if I switch, it's like, I mean, like I have a best friend who's on the podcast. Like usually he's just mm -hmm. going to make it today. He's got law school finals. But if it wasn't for like that dude and like having someone to talk to about it all the time in person i feel like that would just be ridiculously lonely so lonely yeah like as human beings we are communal creatures like we like having connection that's why solitary confinement is literally a punishment in prison like <laughs> how did you find that group uh instagram literally just instagram and they it kept popping up on my feed and now all my like good i would say good friends are in that group i found because of that group so yeah it's a vibe babes and waves chat them out <laughs> i know i love that i have two friends from one's from the uk and then one's from mm -hmm. turkey that like we've consistently talked on whatsapp we we could probably do a meetup at some point you know like would pick a destination is kind of hard without one um yeah. with the three of us but like yeah like it's like been three years running of us like chatting you know all the time in this whatsapp group and there's other people that have come in and out and it's like i couldn't imagine doing this without any sort of and 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 when i started doing youtube i was like you know i should start a podcast too mainly because i feel like i'll make a bunch of connections by having a conversation with people for an hour like because they're kind of forced to it's like press record you got to talk to me like that's just how it is <laughs> uh, I, I, I love what you do like like so it's, uh, it's podcasting it's very 
therapeutic in a way you just kind of just chat about life and I feel like you you have the space to get quite philosophical if you wanted to <laughs> yeah yeah I, I don't even know who my inspirations would be for podcast it probably would have been like Matt Diavella before he stopped doing it okay yeah I, I don't know who that is but like no, okay. the the minimalist dude the like I wear a gray uh, shirt every day oh the, the, okay it's yeah i've heard of the minimalists but i didn't know what anyone was called, yeah, yeah yeah i that's like something that i prescribe to um outside of the fact that i'm wearing this long sleeve for the first time ever probably on camera like i only own like 10 shirts and like five of them, or uh, 12 shirts and six of them are black and six of them are gray i love that um i'm trying to get to somewhat of something I don't know how, I don't know if I could, I, I have to move soon and I'm just like, how can I downsize? <laughs> but I love that for you. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. It's, I, I guess it leads to another question of like, how do you um, try to stay intentional with like, not just the workload, but um, when, when you're, when you're trying to start all these other, these like projects, I'm sure when you're doing your business, uh, not just for like consulting mm -hmm. work, but like, what do you how do you know when it's the right thing to pursue from like a creating a template or starting a different skew like what you did with your newsletter for like content? How do you know when like it's the right thing? Because a lot of people can get into shiny object syndrome when running a business. Yeah, I, I, I've always tried to be conscious about the different things I have going on and I have a very basic like goal slash toggle system <laughs> in divided by months going on okay. where I just have like a bunch of like someday maybe like big idea things that I want to work on and then I'm like this month and then I just once I've completed that the main thing then I'll pull something out of the toggle when I feel like I have the space to <laughs> but yeah I'm, I'm quite conscious about saying no to things now just because i yeah burnout is very very real yeah for all of my latest updates and content and for news and trends in the notion community definitely go follow my newsletter the notion zeitgeist it is my baby and it's really exciting it's got it's nearly got 2000 subscribers now nice. and thanks and so i'm just excited to see it grow um yeah that's where you will find everything you need to know about me i'm constantly updating people in my life and what's going on so yeah i'm actually subscribing right now i'm excited um Sweet. i i uh you got me interested with the uh the food and when you mentioned the when you mentioned the rest of the 30 recipes um i i need stuff that's more of a vibe um in notion for inspiration and i think definitely you're going to be a good source for that so um go check it out everyone i'm subscribed if you're not be better and um with that being said thank you for listening to another episode of the rice productive podcast and we will see you in the next one thanks bye If you'd like to continue listening to this conversation, you'll need to subscribe at riseproductive.com membership or on your favorite podcast app.
Once you do, you'll get full-length access to these episodes of the Rise Productive Podcast, as well as access to our subscriber-only podcast and newsletter, The Weekly Pour Over.